The Productive Woman, Episode 170. Hello and welcome to this episode of The Productive Woman. My name is Laura McClellan and this is a podcast dedicated to productivity for busy women. My goal is to help you find the tools and encouragement you need to manage your time, life, stress, and stuff so you can accomplish the things you care about most and make a life that matters. Thanks so much for joining me. In this episode, we'll be talking about how taking care of our future selves can make for a more productive life today. You'll find more information and links in the show notes for this episode at theproductivewoman.com slash 170. This episode is brought to you by FreshBooks and Love Pop. FreshBooks is offering a 30-day unrestricted free trial of its outstanding cloud accounting service to the Productive Woman listeners. To claim it, just go to freshbooks.com slash woman. I'll share a little bit more about them and some new news a little later in the show. But right now, I also want to welcome a new sponsor, Love Pop, and I am really excited to share Love Pop with the Productive Woman listeners. Love Pop creates very special greeting cards, and they have a special offer for Productive Woman listeners who visit lovepop.com slash productive. They're offering special pricing for those who order five or more cards, and you can get free shipping on any order. Love Pop is reimagining greeting cards and how you buy them. They create these gorgeous 3D laser cut paper cards that were designed by naval engineers in Boston on cutting edge software. They've been featured on The View, Good Morning America, Forbes, 2020, and more, and have won awards for their uh, design. But Love Pops are more than cards. They are actually unforgettable gifts that you can send in an envelope. Each one is is laser cut, hand assembled, and designed to surprise and delight the recipient. The purpose of every love pop is to create a moment of connection between you and the people you care about. Now, I got three different Christmas slash winter holiday season cards. One's called Christmas Tree Village, one is Christmas Candle, and then the third one is Snowy Owl. And these are just gorgeous cards on really nice quality paper, and they open up to a pop-up of the featured design, just intricately cut and beautifully colored. I'm honestly torn. I can't wait to send them to some special people on my uh, Christmas list, but they're so pretty, I kind of hate to send them away. They're just really, really neat cards. And like I said, you open them up and there's this pop-up that has a, a just a gorgeous scene. They have cards for all kinds of occasions, new babies, birthdays, Father Day, Father's Day, um, get well cards. And I'm really looking forward to getting more of these for upcoming special occasions. Love Pop really hopes that they can help you share the joy of the holiday season with your friends and family this year. And so they are uh, have made this offer to the Productive Woman listeners. You can unlock special pricing for, for five or more cards and get free shipping on any order by going to lovepop.com slash productive. I highly recommend that you check them out. Um, I'm really excited about them. 
Okay, let's get right into the topic for today. I spend the last two weeks of every year focused on an annual review and doing some planning for the coming year. I've talked about this in the past, and I, you know, this is kind of an annual process for me. I don't go away for the two weeks, but I make time, chunks of time during the last two weeks of the year for doing this. I'll share some of my process um, in this episode in case some parts of it might be useful to you. And we've actually been having some conversations about that in the um, in the Facebook group, the Productive Woman Community Facebook group. My approach this year has a slightly different focus, which was inspired by something I read recently. I'll be focusing, as I'm thinking uh, about all this, on future me, uh, thinking of future me both as I'm identifying my goals and planning for the coming year, but also as I'm making day-to-day decisions about what to do when. So I got the idea for this from chapter six of Chris Bailey's book, The Productivity Project. And I'll put a link for that in the show notes. Really an interesting book about how Chris spent a year trying different productivity techniques and wrote about his experience with it. And But in chapter six, he discusses a study, a scientific study that involved looking at brain scans of people in certain interactions with people they knew and pe- with strangers. And one of the interesting discoveries of this, um, uh, from this study was that uh, people who are thinking about themselves in the future, their scans, brain scans, looked very much like the brain scans of them when they were interacting with or thinking about strangers. So, you know, like you may be thinking, well, so what? What's what I found interesting, and what Chris talks about in the book is that that in other words, we think of our future self the same way we think about somebody we don't know or care about at all, and that is behind the unconscious thinking that leads to procrastination and to decisions to put commitments out into the future. One of the things he says in the book, and and I'm quoting here, he says, the more you see yourself, that is, you know, I'm saying your future self, uh, like a stranger, the more likely you are to give your future self the same workload that you would give a stranger, and the more likely you are to put off things or put things off to tomorrow for your future self to do. Since you see yourself from the future as um, as no different from a stranger, you also see her as less tired, busy, and more focused and disciplined than the current version of you. And I just thought that was really interesting that, that, uh, it, it, it kind of this, this concept that we unconsciously see our future self the same way we would see a stranger that we don't care about. It makes it easier for us to put things off and sort of assign uh, work to uh, that stranger future self. Um, he goes on in the book, in this chapter six of the book, to say, the more disconnected you are from your future self, the more likely you are to do things like give your future self more work than you would give your present self agree to unproductive or pointless meetings far off in the future, continually transfer aversive tasks to tomorrow's to-do list, and 
save less money for retirement. So again, it it makes this this concept of our future self being kind of a stranger to us makes it easy for us to shove work off to her because you know we don't care about her as much as we care about our current self. So in the book, Chris offers suggestions for activities for things you can do to connect more with your future self, which will help you, me, both of all of us, to be um, more thoughtful about what we're doing now versus what we're what we're pushing off to later, and maybe less likely to procrastinate and make more work for our future self. And a couple of the things that he suggests are that I thought was kind of interesting. He said he suggests creating a simulated photo of your future self using an app called Aging Booth. It's apparently available for both Android and iOS, and it's free at least when he wrote about it in the book. Uh, but create this. A photo of yourself, you know, five years from now or whatever, and post it where you see it regularly. He has his posted above his desk. So he sees his future self as less of a stranger. Another suggestion he makes is to send a letter to your future self, or you can use uh, something he, re- he recommends, futureme.org will allow you to send an email to your future self. Now, I haven't tried either of these things, but there's something that I want to do as part of my year-end kind of review and planning process. And then uh, the third thing he suggests is to create a future memory. Uh, In this, he was inspired by Kelly McGonigal's book, The Willpower Instinct. And uh, the idea is to use visualization to... Uh, as he puts it, create a memory of yourself in the future, like one where you don't put off a report you're procrastinating on, or one where you read 10 interesting books because you staved off the temptation of binge-watching three seasons of House of Cards on Netflix. He goes on to say, simply imagining a better, more productive version of yourself down the line has been shown to be enough to motivate you to act now in ways that are helpful for your future self. Um, And again, that's from Chris Bailey's book, The Productivity Project. Finally, on this issue of taking care of our future self or thinking about our future self, uh, Chris says, when you put something off or waste time, you're almost always being unfair to your future self. And so on this topic of Uh, taking care of our future self. One last thing that he says in the book is that when you put something off or waste time, you're almost always being unfair to your future self. And I thought this was just a real interesting point that, that so often when we procrastinate, when we put things off instead of doing them, we actually are creating more work for our future self than it, than the work it would have taken us to do it timely to get things done on time. And so I'm going to talk a little bit, I'll come back to to reference that later on as we're talking through the process. I just wanted to share those thoughts with you because I just thought that was so interesting and it's created kind of a context for the process that I'll be using this year to plan for 2018. So what is the process that I follow what I'll be doing during the last two weeks of the year. It involves, as always, kind of a look back and a look forward. And for me, it's interesting 
to think about this right now, maybe because of some of the things that I've been reading about staying present, staying in the moment and that sort of thing. And I think there has to be in our lives a balance between being present in the now and planning for the future. Obviously, the past is gone and it can't be changed. So why look back at it? Well, it can inform our thinking about what we're doing now and what we want to do in the future. It doesn't have to define our present or our future, but taking a look back can has some value nevertheless. On the other hand, the future really doesn't exist except in our minds, but in order to achieve the results we want in the future, we do need to think about it and take steps to prepare for it. So again, for me, there's a look back and then a look forward. And the look back, some of the questions that I'll be thinking about uh, as I do this process and journaling about some of this stuff, I'll be thinking about, you know, what has changed this year? How is my life different now than it was on January 1 of this year? For me, there have been uh, a number of kind of big changes. We, uh, I changed law firms. I let the apartment go. Uh, those of you who've listened for a while know that we live uh, an hour, about an hour commute outside of Dallas. And for many years, I commuted every day into Dallas to my law office. But for the three years prior, up until this spring, uh, we had an apartment in Dallas where I would stay during the week. We let that go. And now I'm working almost exclusively from home. So I don't have the commute anymore. Big changes there for me professionally. I'm still practicing law, still doing real estate transactions, um, transactional law, but I'm doing it from home and with a different firm. Uh, We've had some family changes. We had a wedding at our farm this summer. Our middle son married. And so all my children were here together for the first time in many, many years. And that was pretty a pretty neat experience. It was nice to see them all together and to to be a part of that and host that wedding at our farm. So those are some of the things that come to mind immediately when I think about what has changed over the course of the year. As I'm doing my year-end review process and, and planning for the coming year, I'll be asking myself, what's working in my current life? What What's happening now that's working? Um, the things that come to mind immediately are I have a new morning routine that I've been following over the last few weeks. It's kind of my own combination of elements of Hal Elrod's The Miracle Morning. And I'll put a link in the show notes to the book and maybe his website in case you haven't heard of that. And then also morning pages. And again, I'll put links in the show notes for all this stuff. But that that morning routine is really working for me right now. It's helping me get kind of settled and grounded before I kick into my work each day. So that's working. Uh, For me right now, using a combination of digital task managers and my bullet journal to stay connected to the things I need and want to do is working very well. Uh, That's something that I put in place earlier this year, and I keep tweaking the system a little bit, but it's working for me, and I'm happy about that. Another thing that's been working for me is I've been making more time to read and allowing myself to slow down underlying passages that speak to me. I I read really fast. I've been a bookworm since I was a little, little girl, and so I read pretty fast. But I have been 
purposely slowing down reading some of these nonfiction books, um, whether it's about productivity or, you know, any number of things. Uh, Maybe I'll put a list in the show notes of some of the books that I've read this year. But I've been purposely slowing down while I read those and underlining things uh, when something really kind of jumps out at me that slows me down and gives me time to process what I'm reading in a way that is really helpful to me, really giving me lots of things to think about. So those are some of the things that are working, but I'll go into that process a little more deeply and I'll list more of those things and journal about them as I'm doing my year-end review process. Um, Then I'll ask myself, what feels not quite right? What's not working as well for me? And I'll spend some time thinking about that. Uh, And again, some things jump right uh, right to mind as I think about it right now. Um, I've fallen off my exercise habit. I, I'm starting to get back into it, but starting back in September, I had a ton of travel. Um, and shortly after the travel ended, I had some an issue with my back that I was kind of in pain a lot and really couldn't work out. And as that got better, then I got really sick for the, for a couple of weeks. And so whether that's a reason or an excuse, I kind of got out of the habit of daily getting daily exercise. I don't like that. I don't like how it feels. And so I've been working on getting that um, that habit back on track. So, but that, you know, has not felt good for me. Um, something else that doesn't feel quite right for me is I, I haven't been writing as much as I wanted to. And this is really unfair to my future self. I got to admit, my December 2017 self is not very happy with my January through November 2017 self for having put off some writing projects that I wanted to get done. I've been spending a lot of time on administrative tasks and not being as responsive to important emails and and even in social media as I'd like to be. Trying to find the balance there is always tricky, um, but that's something that has the the time I've spent on administrative tasks has has not felt really good, and so I'll be thinking about ways to fix that. Um, and honestly, I've been spending too much money. Uh, over the last six months or so, I I tend to buy things. I, this is something I've realized uh, that I tend to spend money. I buy things when I'm feeling bored or anxious, and and so I'm not happy about that. And that's something that I'll be taking into consideration as I'm uh, thinking about my plans for the coming year. So that's that's a, another step in this process. What's changed over the course of the year? What's working? What feels not quite right? isn't working as well. I'll spend some time evaluating the tools I'm using, the project or task manager that I'm using, the calendar, the writing tools, and so on. I'll be kind of looking at at those sorts of things and evaluating how well they're working for me. I'm really feeling the urge to simplify uh, and prune some of these tools. I want to create space on my phone. I have too many apps on my phone, um, and it, sometimes I have too much on my calendar. I really, I really am feeling that urge to simplify and and create more space in my phone, in my calendar, and in my mind. I will be evaluating my workflows. What am I doing? 
that doesn't need to be done? Where am I spending time that could better be spent on things that matter more to me? What am I spending more time on than it needs? For instance, one example that came to mind as I was thinking about this is choosing photographs for the show notes. I spend way too much time on that. Um, uh, I, I mean, I want to find you know the perfect photo, and I spend a lot of time scrolling through the the stock image provider that I am trying to find something just perfect. And uh, I, I need to find a better system for that. What am I doing that somebody else could do? This is something really um, important to me um, uh, to think about because I have uh, actually just this week hired a part-time virtual assistant who will be helping me with some of these tasks that maybe are taking too much time. This was something that was really hard for me to do because it feels like I ought to be able to do all this stuff myself instead of paying somebody else to do it. But I I was persuaded over the last couple of months that it was time to um, start building a team for the productive woman to uh, help me have time to do more things to serve you and the to serve the community in general. So uh, I, I'm really going to be thinking during these two weeks of what are the things that I'm doing that either um, my new assistant can do or that, you know, I somebody else in the family can do that sort of thing. Uh, so I'm going to be really taking a close look at the way I'm spending my time and am I spending my time doing the things that bring the most value, not just to my life, but to others' lives that I care about. So that that's something that I'm going to be doing. Uh, and kind of related to that is I'm just in general going to be evaluating how I'm using my time, my energy, and my attention. Does my calendar reflect my truest values? Does it include the things that I think are really important? Uh, time for myself in a good way, you know, not just selfish time, but time spent not just staring out the window or watching TV, but doing things that help me to grow and develop as a person? Uh, am I resting, relaxing, doing the things that contribute to my health, whether physical, mental, or emotional? Uh, does my calendar include time for Mike? Our kids are mostly gone, so now we are really kind of all we have. I mean, our kids are around, we see them, but still, we've been married since we were 18 and uh, one of the things that I'm going to be thinking about is, you know, what am I taking for granted after all this time? And how can I um, make sure that I, that I have time to think about him and do things with him that um, help our relationship stay alive? I'm, I'm grateful to have been married for so long to a pretty amazing guy, uh, but I want to make sure that my schedule, my calendar reflects how important he is to me. Time for extended family. How can I stay a relevant part of their lives when our kids live so far away and have their own lives? Our kids and and you know my my parents, Mike's dad, and and the extended family in general. I'll be thinking about some of that. Uh, I will be asking myself, you know, where on my calendar do I see time for friends? I, I'm going to have to confess that this has been virtually non-existent for years. I, my law 
practice has taken up so much of my time. For a lot of years, there was the commute and so on. And I honestly don't have any local friends, people that, I mean, I have acquaintances, people that I stay in touch with and talk to, but not people that I get together with and, and you know, those close heart-to-heart kinds of friends. And I'm going to be thinking about that. You know, how do I feel about that? And what, if anything, am I going to do about that in 2018 uh, in terms of local friends? And also, how can I stay connected with longtime friends that we do have uh, who live far away from here? So that's going to be part of my uh, year-end review process. And then, does my calendar show? Am I uh, using my time, energy, and attention uh, to include time to contribute positively to the world around me? And what do I have to contribute? I'm going to be thinking about that. And then, of course, time for work, both my law practice and the productive woman. I, you know, I kind of categorize that as work, but it's such a joy that it's hard for me to think of it that way. But I'll, anyway, so that's part of the process that I'll be following in evaluating how I'm using my time, my energy, and my attention. And so those are kind of some of the steps. Um, Somebody in the the Productive Woman Community Facebook group asked for suggestions about how to work that process. And so I wanted to share kind of some of the things that I do. I'd love to hear what process you follow. If you do a year-end review process, what, what questions do you ask yourself? Do you go away for a couple of days? or do you just do this at home? How, how do you do that? I'd love to hear about that. So email me at feedback at theproductivewoman.com and share your process with me. That's my look back. That's the look back piece of um, my year-end review that I kind of do during those last two weeks of December each year. The other piece of it is a look forward. And it's, you know, I'm not going to go into as much detail there, but really it comes down to what actions do I want to take as a result of what I learned in my look back. I hopefully will identify areas where I can grow, areas where I can improve, projects I want to take on, um, thing, tasks I want to do. And I'll be looking at the calendar for 2018 and kind of tentatively thinking about, all right, where's my focus going to be during the year? Uh, Some of that is going to be, you know, what do I need or want to learn? I want to improve my coaching skills. I kind of think I'd like to learn to paint with watercolors. I've had fun as a result of of my bullet journaling experiment that's gone on all year. Uh, I've had some fun with learning some hand lettering. I'm not very good at it because I'm not, I'm not a real artistic kind of person, but I enjoy doing it. And I, I, I've seen some YouTube videos of people kind of doing watercolor type things. I think it might be fun to learn some of that. I would like to improve my fitness level. So what am I going to do about that? How, how, you know, what approach am I going to take to that? Um, so you know, those are kind of two categories that I'll be looking at as I'm 
I, I say planning for the coming year, but really just kind of casting a vision and and uh, coming up with some tentative things. You know, who knows what a year will bring, but I want to have some objectives in mind, what actions I'm going to want to take as a result of what I learned in my review of this past year, what do I need or want to learn, and then basically what would I like to have accomplished by this time next year. And this kind of co- goes with that picturing my future self, myself a year from now, what what will she wish I had done now? You know, what would she like me to have accomplished from January to the end of 2018? And that'll, that'll be part of what I do during my year-end process. So what's the, you know, what's the practical application for you and for me of the process I've described? I, I kind of am setting a challenge for us all for these last weeks of the year. Um, setting goals, sure. Yes. We, and we'll talk in the coming year about a little more about goal setting and how to do that and how to make productive, meaningful goals and and accomplish them. And so that's part of it. But also looking at the various areas of your life, personal, professional, relationships, health, et cetera, doing all of that. That's part of that year-end process that I challenge you to maybe spend some time on in these last weeks of the year, but also spending some time laying a foundation for the new year and by acknowledging the lessons we've learned from this one. So here's some things that I would encourage you to do. I'm going to be incorporating these into my process, and I want to encourage you to consider some of these as well. So the first thing I, I want to, I always want to start from a positive perspective in doing this because it's really easy for a lot of us to uh, look back and think all the things that I didn't accomplish or all the things that went wrong and all of that. So the first thing I would say is list 10 or more things from 2017 that you're grateful for. Whether it's big things or small things, doesn't matter. Come up with a list, at least 10, more if you can. Um, A couple of things that came to mind as I was thinking about this, Brooke Castillo, who I've talked about in the past on the show, uh, she, she hosts the Life Coach School podcast. Um, She has this idea of making a list of 20 things you want But every other thing on the list has to be something you already have. So, you know, you could say, I want to take a trip to Europe. I want to be married to a man who loves me and is faithful to me and is a is my best friend. And I am married to that guy. So I already have that. And so I I love that idea. That's probably that's something I've done in the past. I'll do it again. Uh I I want to point out, uh, I share a quote that I found in some reading that I was doing uh, from Rabbi Hyman Schachtel, says that happiness is not having what you want, it's wanting what you have. So that's behind this idea of of making a list of things from 2017 that you're grateful for, things that happened, things you experienced, things that that were given to you, whatever, big or small, start with that. Then on that same vein, list 
several wins from the year, things you've accomplished, efforts you made, new things you tried, come up with at least five to 10 of those and give yourself credit. Um, You may think on first glance that, well, I didn't really accomplish anything. This year just flew by and I didn't get the things done I wanted to. Think harder, look back, and even if you tried something new and and you think maybe it was a failure, the fact that you tried is a win. So give yourself credit for those things. And if, if you honestly can't think of anything, I'd encourage you to, first of all, consider what that says about your mindset. Um, and second of all, ask those who know and love you what, what wins you, they would give you credit for for this year. Third thing I encourage you to do is to think of your future self and take care of her. Spend some time thinking about the coming year and uh, as you as you're forming goals or or however however you want to do this, ask yourself how do you want to feel this time next year and what will you need to do to feel that way? Okay, how you feel today, how you feel a year from now is not about what happens in the world or what other people do. The question is, what will you need to do, regardless of whether anything in your circumstances changes, to feel the way you want to feel this time next year? And also in in this vein of taking care of your future self, what is one thing you can do starting today to make yourself happier, healthier, and stronger? This is taking care of both your present self and your future self. So think of at least one thing that you can do today to 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 make yourself happier, healthier, and stronger. All right, so that's kind of the third thing in in the challenge. The fourth thing is to also spend some time thinking of others. So as you're doing this review, think of five people who've supported or encouraged or taught you this year. Uh, Write down their names and write them a thank you note. Put that on your to-do list to do before the end of the year, to just jot them a quick thank you note. you can do it via email, but I, I think there's something kind of fun about sending a, a note in in snail mail because uh, we've talked about this recently. Most of the mail we get these days seems to be either bills or junk mail. And so what a nice surprise for someone who's who's lifted you up or encouraged you, taught you something important or something that you value uh, to get a thank you note from you in the mail. And also in this uh, idea of thinking of other people as part of our year-end review, what is one thing you can do for someone else to make their life better? Is there somebody in your life who could use a word of encouragement or a bit of support? Uh, think about that. Give some, give some real thought to that because you might be surprised if you start paying close attention. Sometimes the people we see kind of from a distance or even people we know, we think we know well, and the ones who seem to have it all together uh, often are the ones that f- are feeling the most lonely, the most isolated, maybe the most discouraged. So pay attention and listen to your instincts and reach out to somebody in the coming days. So those are just some thoughts for you. Uh, and I'll, I'll, you know, if you don't remember what the components of the challenge were, go to the show notes at, at theproductivewoman.com slash 170. And I'll have these kind of outlined for you there so you can print it off even and check things off as you go through it. Um, I think the, the end of the year 
uh, and the beginning of the new year is a great time to start something new, to make small or a big change in your life or in your mind and to take a step in the po- in a positive direction. But we don't have to wait for January 1st. We can start today, right this minute. And the great thing about life is uh, we don't have to get it right this, every time because every minute we can start again. So what do you think? Do you use the year-end to do any sort of analysis and review and planning of, of what's working and what's not? I would love it, as I said earlier, if you'd share your experience and your process for ending one year and getting ready for a new one. You can share uh, your questions, your thoughts about what we've talked about today in the comment section of the show notes, which again, you'll find at theproductivewoman.com slash 170. Or you can post a comment or question on the Productive Woman Facebook page, or if you're in the Productive Woman Community Facebook group, I'd love it if you'd post your thoughts there and we can have a conversation. If you want to share your thoughts with me privately, as always, you can email your questions, comments, or suggestions to me at feedback at theproductivewoman.com, and I, I would love to hear from you. I want to say a special thank you to all those who've left reviews of the show in iTunes or who shared the podcast with friends. It it really, I appreciate that. I appreciate the support in spreading the word about what we're doing here at The Productive Woman and the the conversations that we're having. A special shout out today for M. Welsh 007 from the United States who left a really kind review in iTunes recently. She says, I've started listening to this podcast during a wave of blues with my first baby, and it helps me tremendously to overcome the pressure of being a new mom and work and life itself. Thank you for the great podcast that feels like your friend is giving you genuine advice and guidance. Um, I really appreciate those kind words, M. Welsh 007, and uh, thank you for sharing that. Before we go, I want to make sure to remind you to check out our sponsor, FreshBooks, which is that great, outstanding cloud accounting service for any of us who are operating small businesses or are solopreneurs of any type. I want to talk for a minute, especially to those of you who are creative professionals, whether it's artists, musicians, or any kind of creative business. You know, as creatives, we're in the business of turning our ideas into value for our customers or our clients. The thing is, we need time to cultivate fresh ideas, which is exactly where our sponsor Fresh FreshBooks can help. FreshBooks makes cloud accounting software for creative professionals that's so straightforward to use, you'll save hours every week and have more time to let your creativity flourish. And if that's not enough incentive, the FreshBooks platform has been rebuilt from the ground up. They have taken simplicity and speed to an entirely new level and added powerful new features. I, I wish I could cover them all, but of course I can't. But sending a branded invoice in under 30 seconds and enabling online payments in two clicks is a great place to start. Uh, helps you get paid for your great creative work. 
There's also a new projects feature where you can invite employees or contractors to collaborate and easily share information, files, and updates. If you're listening to this and you're not using FreshBooks yet, now would be a great time to try it as we're getting ready to set up our books for the new year. And as I said before, FreshBooks is offering offering an unrestricted 30-day free trial for all Productive Woman listeners. No credit card required. All you have to do is go to freshbooks.com slash woman and be sure to enter the productive woman in the how did you hear about us section. Uh, I, I use FreshBooks. I recommend it. I love it. Let me know if you try it out and what you think. Remember also to be sure to check out Love Pop and the beautiful cards they create, those pop-up cards to share with those you love this holiday season. Unlock special pricing for five or more cards and get free shipping on any order by going to lovepop.com slash productive. And thank you so much to FreshBooks and Love Pop for supporting The Productive Woman. And that, my friends, is it for this episode of The Productive Woman and for the podcast for 2017. This is my last episode for 2017. I'll be back the first week of January with new guests and more thoughts on making a life that matters. I would love to know how I can make sure the podcast continues to meet your needs. If you have questions or topics you'd like me to cover in upcoming episodes, please email me at feedback at theproductivewoman.com so that I can make sure this show is exactly what you need need in the coming year. Thank you again for listening. Uh, I am so grateful to that, to you for, for being a part of this community. I wish you the very best for a Merry Christmas and the happiest of holiday seasons. And I look forward to talking with you again in the new year. So until next time, remember, extend grace to each other and to yourself and go make your life matter. The Productive Woman is a proud member of Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to help you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx.